The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Network that is taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, sunny Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm recording this on Tuesday, June 15th, after a huge 18 point comeback to extend the series for the Atlanta Hawks. It's now tied at two apiece with the Philadelphia 76ers. And after last episode, where I was in the pulpit preaching about that shameful, shameful performance. That the Hawks put on on Friday night, and I, I'm I'm admit there were some moments last night where I I, ain't, I didn't know I didn't know if they were gonna pull it out, but thankfully the Hawks pulled it out. They definitely thanks to some luck reversal in that game starting into the third quarter, obviously through the end of the game. We're gonna talk about last night's game, a preview of Game Five with a special special guest after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money. Turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HoopBall to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HoopBall to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future like i said earlier free band free band all right and we are back and as i said we have a special guest my friend local celebrity you saw him on tv we're gonna talk about that in a minute my man alan strokey alan what is going on my brother <laughs> local celebrity is probably a bit strong um but I, 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 you know, it's the mantle that I've been given, so I will roll with it for now. Um, I, uh, I'm doing well, Brad. I uh, hope you are doing well yourself on this fine Tuesday evening. Um, and obviously, yeah, I mean, I'm in great spirits. The, the Hawks are very much alive. Um, we, we are in a three game series, folks. It is, it is crunch time. It is, it's so, 
exciting to to see that win from them last night, the heart that they showed. Um, you know, there's a lot of room for optimism looking forward to these next uh, couple of games. Yes, and it was definitely night and day between the, you know, the different halves last night and night and day from game three to game four. And as I mentioned, local celebrity. Alan, <laughs> we saw you game three on ESPN. Yeah. Um, it looks like with, with your father, it looked like a wonderful moment to be there, but it wasn't a wonderful moment for the Hawks. As as I said before, it was a shameful, shameful performance <laughs> on Friday night. And um, I would like to just uh, briefly get to take on game three yeah. um, there. Um, on Friday. Well, the, 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 the man that was on screen with me, my dad was, he was a little peeved because he was actually cut out. He was to my, uh, my right. Uh, the guy to my left, he was, he was going off about uh, the, the, the refs. Well, let's just say favorable whistle to Joel Embiid and the Sixers in that moment. My face of disgust in that moment had to do with, um, let me just be frank here, Joel Embiid, Embiid flopping uh, pretty flagrantly. Uh, as he's done many times this series, and I won't hear anything of it from Sixers fans complaining about Trey's foul, foul calls, because uh, check your man. <laughs> like, like uh, of all people, this dude, this dude has shown himself to be in that category. That being said, I was incredibly, you know, excited and fortunate to have been able to have attended Game Three. It was the first time I've ever been to to any playoff game. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't a uh, a memorable experience for, uh, I mean, it was obviously, but not for the reasons I would have hoped that it was a worse loss to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, game three just kind of showed where at the game three was the, sort of the culmination of everything that Philly figured out against us in the previous two games, including game one where we won, where Philly went on that run to almost take it from us uh, in, that, in that game there. And I, you know, uh, Nate McMillan only had a couple of cards left in his deck to play as a response as far as adjustments go, I think. And he played both of them last night uh, with Kevin Herter joining the starters in the thinning of the rotation. Like you and I, when the, before the playoffs started, you and I were having this conversation. What does this roster look like? Who's going to be getting all those minutes when inevitably playoff nut, uh, crunch time kicks in and you got to cut down to size? Like, who are your best guys? And we saw really a seven-man rotation featuring our starters plus Kevin Herter. And then Lou Williams, Danilo Gallinari, and, and, and some really nice Anyeka Kongwu minutes last night. We should give yes. him some props. Let, let's just get that out of the way. That's, Absolutely. He was, he was, he was great. Yeah. And uh, shout out Greg uh, for Hoopball Bulls. We had an offline conversation today. First of all, if you're a Bulls fan, check out his latest podcast. He's been off the grid, but now he's back. We had an offline conversation about Oyeko Okongwu and how he's really been showing up. And uh, we need to give him more of his flowers because, uh, like, uh, last night he played six minutes, but those were really, you know, very impactful uh, minutes there uh, with four points and three rebounds. And he was just playing with energy, effort, especially on the defensive end. So uh, you, you, I'm glad you brought him up because I didn't know if he was going to actually be brought up in this program. But, yes, 100%. 100%. Probably not the guy who gets the headline billing from game four. But, I mean, you, you and I were on the Okongwu train once he got drafted when you and I hopped on that pod. Oh, so yes. long ago. And it's just it's cool seeing him show up. Like, frankly, I mean, he he was kind of the first guy to set a tone defensively in that game. He really yes, was. He was. Yes. Yeah, so. because because at that point um, and one of the biggest things that I talked about in the previous uh, episodes is that our bigs cannot get in foul trouble 
obviously having that, you know, mammoth of a man who um, flops that we talked about in Joel Embiid. Uh, but between them, John Collins had three fouls last night. Capella had three fouls, which are both below what they normally get, especially in this series. And uh, Yako Okongo only had one foul last night, obviously in, only in six minutes. But if you can keep the front court of the Hawks underneath nine fouls, it's probably going to lend to the Hawks winning because the problem was when you get Capella, when you get Collins and Foucho, where you're forcing Okongu to play extended minutes, and he's still a rookie. Even though he's been coming along, uh, he's still a rookie, and then you force Bruno Fernando out there. You're forcing Gallinari to play defense, which is not his forte at all. Um, and just like it happened in game three, when you have those players in foul trouble, you're putting out bad defensive lineups and it's just a recipe of disaster for a team in Philly who's looking at Gallinari and licking the chops at, okay, that's a barbecue chicken. That's barbecue chicken right there because, you know, they're not known as defenders. And it was great to see them not getting foul trouble last night, uh, unlike we saw in game three. Yeah, no, I, I, the, you know, really, I think, when we talk about just the biggest differences between the first half of game four and the second half of game four, and y'all, this is the type of game where, you know, you got to bust out the book of cliches. I'm sorry. You have to do it. This was just one of those, the, thank you. Yes. Blowing the, blowing the yeah, dust yeah, off. Yeah. 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 But blow the dust off the book right there. But just get it going here. Like this was a, this was a heart win. This was a win filled with energy, intensive effort backs against the wall. The Hawks really, they didn't back down when they needed to be resilient. And there's no better way to, you can see the differences in how they played in the first and second half. Really, when you, let's talk about the defense like in, the, in that first quarter and how it changed. Philadelphia was getting to the rim with ease. Tobias Harris, which, you know, he's done this multiple times in the series now. He went on a run himself, getting to the bucket, going down the hill. And he, I think he had 10 points in the first quarter. Couldn't stop him. None of our defenders were able to stay in front of him. They weren't fouling. Maybe because of all the, the issues that they ran into in game three, they were a little hesitant. Mm-hmm. But they weren't, you know, they, there was no real aggression. Philly got anything that they wanted in that quarter. The bulk of their 12 point lead was built off of them just getting it to the, to the rim. But then you fast forward to the second half, and the, the, like, I don't think the game plan really all changed all that much. But what did was just the effort defensively. Kevin Herter, yeah. Gallinari, John Collins, those guys did not get beat by their man. They they consistently stayed in front of, you know, they, they, like Harris in that second half, you think he only had six points, two of which were at the rim. Uh, so like they really limited his ability to get downhill. And, and you can see it too, where Capella was far more, was, was way more locked in as a help defender. Uh, Trey was doing some stuff off ball that, you know, sometimes gambling a little bit with those double teams. Sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't. But the, the I think that the team just played more cohesively. Uh, they, they all played within their roles, and you could tell that they had more energy in that fourth quarter than Philly did at that point, at that juncture of the game. And they really willed themselves to a, a tied series here. That's just no other, you know, we, we, there's plenty of X's and O's to get into, but the story of the game was these guys showed resiliency in a way that a young team, you know, we're not accustomed to. Yeah, and we've seen it time and time in the regular season with all the adversity they had to go through to show that fight and resilience in a lot of games where they were down and it came back to win. And it was just that was it was something that we did not see in game three. And then I was like I said, um, when I was in my soapbox in game or last episode talking about game three, that that was the most disappointing is that the fight 
that um that grit it wasn't there but it showed up last night in a big way and on top of obviously Philly getting cold at the right time I mean when you're in beat and you're 0 for 12 in the second half uh, that's a gift that is an absolute gift and when you talked about yeah. Tobias Tobias Harris who we said was the X factor in this series uh being limited in the second half that, that is a gift uh Ben Simmons didn't go on a crazy run like he did in game three that's a gift mm-hmm. and outside of that Outside of, you know, Korkmaz, uh, who's been pretty big this series, getting 10 points, no one else uh, on Philadelphia scored in double digits last night. And that, that, those are just gifts. Those are absolute gifts uh, when you're looking at uh, Philadelphia. they It was just luck reversal. Uh, they got cold <laughs> at the time where the Hawks got hot. And we would be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know, the really the, you know, the energizer bunny for the Hawks last night. And that was John Collins. John Collins with his dunks, those were energy plays, momentum shifting plays that he that he was making. It was like, oh, we're, you're not going to box out John Collins? Okay, let me go ahead and get this put back and yam it on the back of your neck. That was so <laughs> many times where that happened uh, when we were watching at our various um, establishments that we were at last night, really enjoying the game. And, uh, mm-hmm. Watering holes. Watering holes, yeah. Uh, where when it happened, you saw the room just light up from John Collins, um, and it wasn't a crazy night from him. Like he kept his fouls down, which is great, absolutely great. That I can stop right there. But fourteen and twelve last night, uh, six and fifteen from the floor, one of three from three, and that big three, big three. That one three he made was one, probably one of the biggest shots of the game, in my opinion. One of the biggest um, shots of his career. We, and yeah, I I wouldn't disagree with that either. One of the biggest shots of his career, young career, and um, we talked about this before uh, we got into the program. I I've been you know hesitant as far as you know. I said John Collins is going to get max contract money because of the market this year. Did I think he deserved it? I didn't think so with his play this year. But there was a lot of other factors. He did get better defensively. His numbers were pretty much kind of the same as far as from the three. He may have taken a step back offensively with the emergence of DeAndre Hunter. You know, you have Bogey, other people. So his role was kind of in limbo. But in moments this year, he has shown up. He proves that he's a guy that we need to resign. And I'm not sure what is going to happen this offseason. And I know me and you were in agreement on this, but I think he earned us saying, hey, you know what, John, we'll work with you. What do, what do you want? How much you want? And let's see if we can make it happen. Well, let's let, let's have the bit. This is time for the big John Collins conversation, because at this point in the series, tied to two, he's the Hawks most important player for winning it. Yes. I, I've been, I, I think we have enough evidence at this point to to say that John Collins has the ability to be this series X factor for Atlanta. He like, you you know, like, yeah, the energy plays, the the putback dunks, the lob opportunities like he got us going, got the crowd going and that helps build momentum in that way. And, yeah, it wasn't, you know, his shots still pretty wayward. But the fact of the matter is, in that second half, he was playing with aggression, especially on the glass where we really desperately need him in this series, because, yes, games two and three, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say that Collins just looked a little passive out there. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the Philly, Philly's kind of gotten to him and kind of got him out of his rhythm. He's the, the, the outside shot has really abandoned him. That's part of why that that three he hit last night was so huge, because I can't really it's been a while since I've seen him hit one. 
Um, and we know how good of a shooter he is. Uh, he, I think he needs to, he needs to have this mindset, this attack, attack, attack mindset the rest of the way, because Philly, they simply, if he is someone that Philly has to guard earnestly, we, they, they have run out of options to contain all of our weapons. They, you know, when, when Thibel's out there and Simmons are out there, you know, Simmons can kind of float around, uh, while Thibel's on Trey, like you can see Simmons on bogey and Herter sometimes. And we've seen him on Collins, too, when Collins has kind of got a little momentum going. And if he draws that kind of attention, we have two creators in Capella and, and Bogey. Oh, sorry, not Capella. No, in Herter and Bogey who can really get going, get Capella going. Like, they're – Philly just they, – they won't have the personnel to contain us if Collins is constantly forcing it. No, well, not forcing it, being aggressive and forcing the issue. Like, don't, don't be passive here. And – yeah, we got to resign him. And I don't really care about the money because I think it's it's kind of it's immaterial. It's out of our hands. The market is going to dictate that he's a max contract player. He's a max contract player. That's not necessarily, you know, we don't really have an option here. He's going to be a restricted free agent. People are going to be sending him offer sheets to try and pry him away. And I don't think Atlanta can afford to lose a guy with his skill set. You're not going to be able to replace him. I don't, I don't, know, I don't really know. I mean, there, there's... I, I think it'd be a, I think it'd be foolish because he has shown us when he is at his best he makes this team too dynamic to guard. It, it, that's just the, that's the fact of the matter. That he the, the spacing that he provides with his size, he's a perfect complement to the guys we have on this roster, and he really can. Like the series is up in the air. I know Philly's probably still favored. They have home court. It's not over. It's not decided. And John Collins can be a big part of the equation in figuring out which way it's going to go, depending on his next three games. And I wholeheartedly agree because he kind of is the energizer bunny for this team. Um, I know in spurts throughout the year when Collins wasn't as aggressive, uh, C- Capella has taken that role. And Capella had a good game himself last mm-hmm. night, uh, 12 points, 13 rebounds, 6 and 9 from the floor. Uh, and he had three fouls, which is great because they're both not in that four five foul range where you have to sit them for extended periods of time. Because when you look at the minutes, John Collins and Capella both played 35 plus minutes last night that is a win that is a win if we can get 32 33 plus minutes out of them because they're not in foul trouble that is a win and that's an advantage for the Atlanta Hawks and when you speak to the aggression that of John Collins we need that because like I said and a lot of times he is the emotional leader on the floor when he makes those plays, those, you know, second chance points. Uh, and when you're looking at the stats as far as offensive rebounds, we won the offensive rebounding margin plus four last night. And uh, we lost the overall rebounding margin. But the rebounds from Collins and from Capella are crucial. I mean, to only lose the rebound margin by six to Philadelphia with those trees they got on that team, it's an absolute win. That's an absolute win, and that's a big part to John Collins and Capella, you know, making an an effort to crash the glass. We need them to crash the glass. It has to be a team effort uh, because we know, you know, what Philly can do. But it really starts with Capella and Collins, and they were, you know, invaluable last night. And you're right. We have to figure out how to keep John Collins here for the future. And the rest will figure itself out as far as, you know, because – 
and before we go any further, I want to say shout out real quick to Andrew Hill at Drew Hill on 29 on Twitter. Uh, he shouted me out for covering the team, staying true to Atlanta hashtag. And uh, admitting, like I said, I just joined this train, you know, as I was tasked to cover this team in August. And from August to now, I've really, you know, been a I really appreciate being welcomed here as a transplant to Atlanta as a Saints fan. Who that? Um, I know you guys are Falcons fans. Well, and, yeah, why'd you have um, to ruin a nice moment like that? Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, you know, I'm a fan. You know, I'm a fan on my team. And if you, my DMs and my mentions are open if you want to talk about the Saints. So if you want to talk about James, James Winston and Taysom Hill debacle, and I'm going to sit here and tell you James Winston going to be a starting quarterback, you can enter my DMs and we can have a conversation. But to get back to the program at hand, um, it's been great covering this team up to this point and i did see a lot of potential as i was you know tasked with covering this team and you know we watching film looking at the numbers last year seeing the free agent acquisitions and the draft i saw something in this team and now they've they've exceeded mine and a lot of people's expectations and it's only the beginning phase of this building process if you and like i said glenn willis who i talked about program before said like philadelphia's done this for years it's been like year five year six of this process uh we're we're basically in year three of this process with the first time having a team that's competitive and we're kind of on the ground floor we have you know sky's the limit with this team depending on what direction this team goes so i appreciate the recognition andrew hill uh follow him at drew hill 29 um i i really do appreciate that uh but back to you know talking about the game last night um we haven't talked about Trey yet. Trey, 25 points. Seems important, yeah. We should yeah, probably very, get there. very important. Uh, 25 points, 18 assists last <laughs> night, which is the most assist in a playoff game by any player wearing a Hawks jersey in, in, in history. Um, and he's one of – he's one of what? He's the youngest player to ever have 20 and 15 in a playoff game uh, since Chris Paul, which is uh, obviously point god. Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting name to come up at this time. Yeah, very interesting, especially what they're what he's doing on the other side of the conference for the Phoenix Suns, uh, sweeping the uh, Denver Nuggets, who are uh, probably the fast food line getting chicken nuggets right now. Uh, but Trey, even with that bum shoulder last night, he didn't shoot the ball great. Um, Twenty five points. How how concerned were you when you saw him on the sidelines with the like 13 ton looking bandages on his shoulder? I don't know. Did your heart drop like mine did? Oh, I was about to crap a brick. Like <laughs> I can't say the right word uh, for this program, but I was about to crap a brick when I saw that because I got to, you know, the, the watering hole uh, right. to watch the game and he was wrapped up on the sideline. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like what happened? I was, I was, I was scared. Oh Lord. But then when he came back, mm-hmm. When he came back, I can imagine how the arena felt. But where I was in, when I was in the watering hole, just the excitement when Trey Young came back on the court, I was like, okay, like he's coming back, everyone's happy. And then once he hit that first floater, and then uh, he, he he hit those a few a couple three pointers in the first half, I knew he was all right. Uh, like I said, he didn't shoot extremely efficient from the field, uh, eight for twenty six from the field, three of eleven from three, but. The 18 assists, getting his teammates involved, that was the big thing that I saw from Trey Young last night. That leadership, deferring, and and you, and you can remind me in the second in the second half. Remember the moment where Trey had the ball and he could have taken a three and he mm-hmm. kicked it out to uh, was it to Gallo and he hit that three. 
Well, uh, are you referring to the play where they're kind of in transition? I think it was Herter who, who like initiated it, and he and Trey were on the break. He hit it, he kicked it out to Trey, and then Trey quickly got back to him. Was that the one you're referring to? Yes, like like he kicked it out, and then it was a it, it was like a moment where normally Trey Young would have shot that shot, mm-hmm. but he recognized that you know what tonight is my night. He kicked it out to a teammate, and they made the shot, and it was just a big moment in my opinion as to his maturation as a a distributor of the ball and, you know, a game manager uh, leading this team, you know, at the point guard position. And when I saw that moment, I was like, okay, Trey, I mean, cause we know about his floaters. We know about, you know, his, uh, like Stephen A. Smith, his cat quickness uh, that he likes to say on the show. Um, it, but those little things, the maturation in his game, when his shot wasn't falling to get his teammates involved. And I talked about it in the last program, 15 team assists, for the Hawks last game, which was the lowest total probably of the entire season. For you, Trey Young, to for obviously it's something that they addressed as a team because they had 24 team assists last night compared to 15 tonight uh, game game three. For him alone to have 18 and surpass the total from game three means that he took the onus on himself to get everybody else involved because he said it can't just be me. Like, yes, he's had the 30 point games here in the playoffs and, you know, he's he's arrived and everything, but he can't do it alone. And to have those 18 assists that led to 22 points for Bogey, who I talk about in this program where Bogey hits three point three, three pointers or more. They normally win. He had four last night. Surprise, surprise. The Hawks win. So you have 22 from Bogey, 14 from uh, Collins, 12 from Capella, 10 from Herter. It, it, it was balanced. It was balanced last night. And that is a tribute to Trey moving that ball around and the team moving the ball around more to get them better looks. Now, although they didn't shoot great from the field, to, for them to shoot 36.6% from the field and 30% from three in comparison to Philadelphia, who shot 43.5% from the floor and 40% from three to beat them. A lot of, like, and I said on Twitter, a lot of people are going to talk about Philly collapsing, and they did. But we, 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 we cannot dismiss the grit, the fight, and obviously the maturation of the young players on this team to really go out and get and steal this game. Philadelphia should have won this game. Like, like it's not is that a stretch for me to say Philadelphia should have uh-huh. won this game, in I, my opinion, when you look yeah. at the numbers? Yes and no, because they, they, uh, they should have won this game because Joel Embiid going over 12 is an anomaly that will never happen again in the half. In that half, had he had he hit two of those shots, well, I mean, I'm not trying to be like you know, that, that that's a completely different situation. But I I think, but I think that the Haw- yeah, Philly kind of collapsed. But at the same time, I think Atlanta needs to be given credit for how they sort of the how they're picking their defense up to the point where they forced Philly to be a jump shooting team in that fourth quarter because yeah. that's all that that's where all their looks were coming from. That's why they went cold because they're just kind of forced. Stuck out at the perimeter, uh, they just couldn't get anything going, and you know it, it was, which is kind of weird. To I mean, we should talk about the Embiid part of this. I mean, we can say that maybe for the Game Five preview, but there's clearly something a little off there. Yeah, um, it's something off. And and I want to you know get back to your point as far as forcing them to be jump shooting team in the second half. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. And something else that I saw was that the Hawks took a little bit more pride at defending the rim. Um, there was a lot of moments in Game Two and Game Three uh, where 
Philadelphia was getting anything they wanted in the paint, especially Dwight Howard. He was just getting dunks and, you know, and B was getting, you know, all he wanted in the paint, Simmons, Tobias. They were getting to the paint and getting everything they wanted. And I really that was a big difference for me in the second half was they really, like you said, they tightened up their overall defense all across the board. And it took everyone. And uh, as much as, you know, like I said, I I mentioned the Philly collapse because I know that's what people are going to talk about. I said the people in the national landscape are going to talk about. But you're 100 percent correct. We cannot discredit the Hawks fight, grit, energy um, on the defensive end, which led to them on the offensive end doing what they had to do. And I mean, I, I can't we, we can't go on without saying four turnovers, four turnovers the whole game. Fourth yeah, turnovers compared to 12. That is that is absolutely incredible from the Hawks. Uh, it's just, especially when we saw 18 in one game. Uh, I think that was game two. They had 18, 11 in game three. And now you have four, uh, which I'm not going to, uh, spoiler alert, I don't think we're, we're going to have four turnovers in game five. I think Philly's going to make some adjustments. Uh, but to, win, to, to do what we had to do last night, was fantastic. We actually outscored Philadelphia in the paint last night, 40 to 34 as well. Um, so there's little things, yeah, little things there when you don't shoot the ball well from the floor and you still win. That is, that is, you know, inward. That is something that you can't measure. That's something you can't see on the stats. Like you said, heart, grit, and that is something that this team has developed throughout the season. So I wasn't surprised, even though I was a little nervous. At times last night, and I, I, I damn sure was when they ran that play, and then B looked like he was going to have an open layup uh, with about 7.7 seconds left, and he just point blank missed it. And maybe this is an opportunity we, we keep bringing him, but we might as well talk about him being uh, going into game five because right well, now he's, he's questionable. Can I circle back real quick before we get there? Because I want to yeah. touch on one last thing that you, when we were talking about train, the facilitating, mm-hmm. and I think that. Hey, I think I mean first of all, can't give enough plaudits. This is like Trey Young and his ability to just be this level of floor general at this stage of his career, just as young as he still is, is absolutely got that that puts Hawks fans to sleep restfully every night. They will not have to be up worrying about the future of their team because this is generational stuff that we're seeing from Trey Young. Most people assume that he's just a three point bomber. That's kind of what he's known for. Far and away, the best part of his game is his facilitating. And I really like, and, and I think it was what happened tonight was very much intentional, or last night was very intentional and by design. I think the coaching staff wanted Trey to primarily focus on facilitating. And I, I mean, take a look at how they cut their rotation down. But like you have Bogey, you have Kevin Herter, John Collins, Daniel Gallinari, Lou Williams. Those guys, along with uh, Capella and Trey, played pretty much all the minutes in this game. What do they all have in common? You can't leave them open. They are shooters, and they will get their look. If you give them looks, they'll make you pay. And like I was saying in the John Collins conversation that we had, where Philly really runs out of options to defend him, especially now without Danny Green, who people have kind of glossed over his absence and and have ridden him off defensively too because how Trey cooked him up in game one. He's still better than Korkmaz out there. He's still better than Seth Curry. Mm -hmm. Billy is loose on options to defend the perimeter. And if Trey is getting all of his guys going, even if he's got three of them going, that opens so like Billy just Billy's got problems that they don't have the personnel to address. So I I really think that the the coaching staff, the way that they or like, you know, like Lou Williams was, was, was a spot up shooter. 
in that fourth quarter. I mean, the man, man's been taking it off the dribble pretty much all the time, but in that fourth quarter, he was just getting his looks. He was cooking them. I think he had six or seven points in that fourth quarter run to tie the game back up. <laughs> he he was just. I think that the, the everyone was used really effectively last night. Trey Young is the engine of this team with his passing. And I really think that the game plan going forward is just to continue this balanced attack, just firing from all sides and make some of these weaker Philly defenders step up because now they're kind of dealing with two sieves at all times. Yes. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, Trey Young needs to continue to facilitate. It needs to be a spread attack. That's where ball movement is key. And as we talked about the team assist and, you know, the, the comparison from game three to game four, um, lend to, you know, that spread attack that made it, you know, that stressed that Philadelphia defense. And that's what we're going to have to continue to do. And I always I already said three point shooting. We won with 30 percent three point shooting. We were 12 or 40 from the three point line um, last night. We, we need to continue to shoot well from the three point line and get clean looks. Um, we hit some timely threes last night, but we need to hit more of them, in my opinion. And continue to crash the glass as a team. Those are the main things, as well as obviously energy, hustle, effort. Those things, you know, you you have to bring that every game. You're a professional. You're an NBA player. You want to win. You got to bring those every game. But those key stats we have to take advantage of. And we have to obviously, and I hate to say this, take advantage of whatever situation as far as, you know, status of Joel Embiid's health is going into game five. It's one less day of rest. He clearly did not look well in the second half. Um, and, and you said it was after like the four minute mark in the third quarter. You, you saw something a little different. Um, I can remember when as far as time, but I, he did look visibly hobbled in that second half. And um, I never want to see someone hurt because uh, obviously it lends to excuses to say, oh, well, you didn't beat him full strength. And starts other conversations from there that, you know, we don't really want to get into. But if you're the Hawks, you're going to have to continue to attack, attack that 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 John Collins attack, that Trey Young attack. Uh, that spread out attack that we keep alluding to, we're going to have to attack um, those weak defenders. We're going to have to attack Joel Embiid. We cannot be afraid of this team. In that second half, when the Hawks were ready to fight last night, they weren't afraid. That, 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 was, that was a team that wasn't afraid. That was a team that was not overthinking their opportunities like in game three. I saw them visit, physically. I saw them thinking on Friday night. I didn't see them thinking. Last night, I saw them playing, reacting to what they were given and being the aggressors. Another thing that I said on the last program, Alan, was at no point were the Hawks the aggressors in game three. At no point did they have control of the game. And we saw we saw it yesterday. Second half, they were the aggressors. Second half, they had control of the game, even though Philly had some counter punches and that's just going to happen. It's going to happen. Counter punches happen. We saw a lot of counter punches with runs that Philly made in the first half of game four, but to continue to fight with your back against the wall, that is something that I'm just proud of this team, proud of this team, especially after what we saw from game three. And um, we're going to see what happens game five, uh, with you know Trey Young is probable with his shoulder right now. Joel Embiid is questionable, and I I I I still wish we had Cam Reddish. I wish some way Cam Reddish could be on the floor. Well, I mean you know he's ramping up. The last I read, I think he was involved in three on threes and four on fours. He hasn't quite gotten to five on fives yet. Still can't really imagine him getting involved in this series at, at the juncture that we're at now. I mean maybe it's a different story if we get to the next round. And we have uh, 
you know, I mean, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but uh, I wish we, he was there, and I really wish DeAndre Hunter was here because talk talk about to, uh, an option for that spread attack and that primary defender on Tobias Harris. I mean, he would solve. I mean, Phil would really be in the doghouse right now if he was involved in this series. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're, the Embiid thing is going to be. I mean, again, because like I think we've given plenty of credit to the Hawks and how their game plan for game four contributed to that win. So I, I'm not taking anything away from that, but we do just got to be real here. Embiid's health, his status is everything for this series now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, cause, like I, I don't know if he did injure himself on any one play, but it was undeniable in that fourth quarter. He was not, he was afraid to get down low. He, he did not want, he was floating around the perimeter of the majority of that game. It was part of why it was so easy to kind of force Philly into just taking jumpers all the time. Yeah. Um, and, if, and if he's just coming back into game five and he, he, he looks like he's still kind of a half step below, I don't really know what Philly does like to, to, to consistently like, you know, I mean, he is the, he's the unguard option in this series when he's at full health. There's no one on the Hawks. There's no one really in the NBA that can stop a fully healthy Embiid. We know yes. he's not there and it seems like it's getting worse. Um, and like you said, I, I don't root for injuries. I think you're, I think you gotta evaluate some things if, if you're, if you're like legitimately rooting for dudes to get hurt, especially like when we're witnessing greatness with some of these young stars, like I would never, I never want that. And I would do want the Hawks team to win on merit. I just, you know, I don't, I, I really just hope that he is able to be productive in that game to the point where he's not hurting himself, but also I, I, I would, I would like a win. It would be nice to win game five <laughs> and another O for 12 or would be a, be okay with me. It'll be it will be an early Christmas gift. And Christmas does come in July um, for some people. But if Embiid is hobbled in any way, and Stephen A. Smith keeps saying it, Tobias Harris is going to have to step up. And that's someone who I said that is the X factor for Philadelphia. We're going to have to continue to limit Tobias Harris because he can uh, drive and get to his spots and knock his jumpers down and get to the uh, obviously shoot. He can score from all three levels and he's Mm -hmm. going to have to take a bigger role. So we're going to have to be ready for that. And that is on John Collins and others playing the, you know, the forward position to be ready for that. Uh, Ben Simmons is going to have to step up. Um, I, I don't know how many points he's been averaging per game, but it's I think Ben Simmons is kind of if it wasn't for Embiid and obviously Philadelphia having the first round series they've had they had and obviously it being a two two series. I think more people would be talking about Ben Simmons just really kind of holding this Philadelphia team back. Yes, he can guard multiple positions. He's a great facilitator. And when he is in transition or getting to the cup, he's virtually unstoppable at times. But. His lack of a jump shot, I think more people would be talking about that if this was a series where if it was a 3-1 instead of, uh, you know, 2-2 in favor of Atlanta, um, yeah. something like that. I think that would be more something. So he's going to have to definitely step up. And we already seen what, you know, Seth Curry with his jump shots and Cork Moss. They've had the players off the bench, the, uh, the role players stepping up for them. So I think definitely going into game five, we need to prepare as if Embiid's going to be there. We need to continue to just fight. Just fight. Play hard on the defensive end. Play with effort. Uh, read your keys. Trust trust what whatever they're giving giving you and whatever you prepared for. Go out and attack. 
no matter if Embiid is out there on the floor. And if he happens to not be on the floor, you do the same thing and you shut down Tobias Harris. Because if Tobias Harris isn't getting 20-plus points, I, the Hawks will win the game. The Hawks will win the game. And if you can keep the bigs out of foul trouble, the Hawks will win the game. If Bogey's hitting more than three three-pointers, the Hawks will more, most likely win the game. So there's a lot of little things, but it's really hinged hinged on um, this injury report. Uh, but like I said, you know what? Nate McMillan and the team, just, just, just go out there and play. You don't care who's out there. That fearlessness that we saw at the end of the second half of game four, bring that same fearlessness when you go back up there to Wells Fargo Arena uh, in Philadelphia in front of that Rutgers crowd, and you you show them, you know what, hey, we took game four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philly collapsed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we fought to win to win that game. We're going to fight again because the best case scenario, hey, Atlanta, you're going to get another home game. You're going to get another home game in the State Farm Arena. You missed out on this opportunity. Uh, game three, game four to come see this team. I mean, you didn't you didn't miss much in game three, uh, in my opinion. But if you missed can that. Confirm. Yeah, Allen can confirm he was there in, in the stands. But if you missed game four, hey, you have an opportunity to gain six, depending on obviously if we're, you know, down 3-2 or up 3-2 to watch a playoff basketball game. And um, I know, Alan, this was that was your first playoff basketball game. I remember going to my first NBA playoff basketball game when I lived in Louisiana. I got to watch uh, the Hornets when they were in the Eastern Conference go against AI oh. uh, in the Philadelphia 76ers. And AI took the Oh, it was a time that AI cooked us for 30 plus, uh, and that was fun to watch, even though I was cheering for New Orleans. But it's an experience that I, I think that everyone should um, be a part of at one time. And it's fun when your team is winning. We didn't like what happened on Friday. It's fun when your team is winning. It's fun when your team's having success. This is just the beginning <clears throat> in Atlanta. Like, we, And I'm sure me and Alan, we're going to have a lot of conversations on this program throughout the summer. That This is just the beginning. We've exceeded expectations. We have absolutely nothing to lose. And that's how we should go out game five. We have nothing to lose. We have nothing to prove. This is just a baseline. We're, we're, we're establishing a baseline for where do we go from here after this? And so that's that's the thing that excites me. And that's what should excite this team. And I'm really excited to see how they're going to come out and respond game five. All right, we already know Philly's going to come out energized. You know, they're going to throw their punches. We already know what Philly's going to come out like. We got to match their energy and surpass their energy. And um, I just wanted wanted to ask before, I know, I know, I think Alan has some wings coming to the house soon. They are in route. Who are in route? So before, before, we, <laughs> before we wrap up the program, any other things as far as game five you want to see from the Hawks or foreshadowing um, for the, for this matchup uh, tomorrow night? I So like I said at the top, I, Nate McMillan kind of played his – he has – there's some cards as far as adjustments are concerned that he can still play, but he's played – he's pulled the big ones. Kevin Herters is now a starter, and the, the bench unit has been cut down to really just two guys and a little bit of a Kongwu. One thing that would be interesting to see a little bit more of, though, is these lineups where you have Trey, Bogey, Gallo, Collins, and Capella on the floor. It's a lineup that we've re- we've seldomly used throughout the season, mostly because you know Gallinari becomes kind of a li- comes a, li- uh, a liability against a lot of wings in that position. But 
the results of that lineup and the limited amount of playing time that they played together so far in this postseason against this Sixers team have been pretty encouraging. Um, you know, that, that is it. Talk about uh, matchup issues right there with that, with the combination of size and shooting that you have with those lineups. Philly does not, Philly's not really equipped to guard all of our guys like that. And the, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, I saw who <laughs> posted on Twitter. So I, I think that they have a, an overall net rating in their like 10 minute sample size of plus 44. I mean, not uh, in that span. Like this is a, it's an interesting lineup and it is another area that the coaching staff could lean a little more on if you want to make an adjustment. But really, I mean, I, I, I like what we've seen so far. I think that the Hawks have come up with a good counterpunch to what Philly had thrown at them in those first three games, even though this is a close win and a lot of it, you know, had Embiid been able to hit a few more shots, we might be talking a little bit differently. But I saw what I saw in that game was a game plan that that actually could work if guys continue to buy into their roles, continue to communicate on defense. Yes. And it, like that, that's huge. That was a huge reason why we cut off those driving lanes is because guys were communicating with each other. That everyone was in the right positions. The Hawks should not be afraid anymore about of this Philly team. They have proven it to themselves that they can hang. As bad as it looked heading into game four, they now know that they have the ability to beat these guys and they can do it in Philadelphia too. So I just kind of, I want to see confidence. I want to see communication. And I really, I, I, I mean this, I really want to see another Congo poster. Uh, that would be, that'd be pretty fun too. Yeah. I, like I said, I just want to see, as I said before, just the, the same fight that you had the second half of game four, bring it and surpass it in game five. Cause it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding. We know that Philly crowd is a, it's always a great crowd. It's a great sports crowd. It's a great sports town, especially when that teams or teams are having success. Uh, so just, you know, be ready for whatever, believe in yourself, believe in Atlanta, uh, believe. Yeah. Believe in yourselves. Go out there. You see, you know, the, yeah, you see it on the shirts, uh, even though the bootleg shirt that had Tristan Thompson on there. That was <laughs> it, 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 if, no. if, if, if you missed that, guys, go on my Twitter feed. I did retweet it. Uh, someone did a believe uh, in the Hawks shirt and they had pictures of, you know, John Collins Capella uh, had everybody on the roster, but also had a picture of Tristan Thompson in a Atlanta Hawks jersey. So I don't know. What, what, what's <laughs> I, uh, I I don't know. Whoever's selling that outside of a uh, State Farm Arena needs to be arrested. They that's so, that, that's just so confusing. Like, I mean, like why? <laughs> we we don't want Tristan Thompson. Nah, we're good. I mean, like, yeah, fine I, I player. Mean, we, we can find a we can find a role for him on our team, but we don't want him. He's he's like he's good rebounder. You know, he can he's okay. Uh, I'm give those don't take. And I I've been so pro Kongu on this podcast right now. I, I would be. I'd be inconsolable if Tristan Thompson just walked up in here and just took what minute, what little minutes he has left. Yeah, whoever you are, what are you doing? Yeah, what, 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 what's going? On? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tristan, you know, he his team is out of it. He's hanging out with Khloe Kardashian and his uh, uh, his his daughter. Um, so you know, he he has uh, you know bigger things that he needs to uh, focus on attention on um, outside of just staying faithful. Um, but uh, <laughs> there it is. but Alan. It was a it was a pleasure as always have you on the program. It was great to you know talk up shop, talk up a great win last night. Uh, it may not have been great uh, when you look at the numbers, but it was great in so many other ways. For that was great. Yeah, symbolic and meaning, and you know just 
you know, character wise for this team. Um, so I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the program. Uh, tell the listeners what you got going on um, outside of, you know, these wings that are in route. <laughs> uh, the wings are getting closer. Yeah, so very excited over here. Uh, thanks for having me on, as always, Brad. Love talking Hawks with you. Love talking, you know, to, to y'all. I hope you guys are as excited and fired up as I am. Uh, about the, where we are right now and just a, as a franchise this is just such a cool moment to just continue to take in just being among this last class of teams to contend for a title and the hawks are are legitimately contending for one right now so let's see let, you know game five all hands on deck i am ready you guys can if you want you know hear more from me i'm not tweeting all that much these days but you can follow me on twitter at alan Srokey. A-L-A-N-S-R-O-C-H-I. Um, I will, there, you know, I have some stuff in the pipeline, but maybe I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more once we have some stuff worked out when I, when I come on the show again. Um, but, you know, y'all fantasy basketball enthusiasts, just keep your eye out over the offseason. I might have something cooking for y'all. Get, put some respect on my man's name and put some respect on his wings. I'm hoping the restaurant that you ordered from, they did. And um, if not, uh, we're going to call you out. Uh, next episode we're gonna call they you do up. good work they do good work i, I feel confident in these guys okay okay uh, just in case i wanted to have to say any things and um i love some wings like i said i had some before here the wings fried rice combo 10 piece <laughs> love those wings and if you love what you heard today give us five stars give us a good review share it to everybody it's playoff season baby it's playoff season baby hawks fans atlanta sports fans nba basketball fans uh, ceiling fans. If you a fan in general, you need to listen to this podcast. You share it with everybody. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. As we said, game five is tomorrow night, Wednesday, June 16th, 7.30 on TNT right now, Philadelphia is a six-point favorite at home. Um, but, you know, we, we find being the underdogs here in Atlanta. It's okay. Count us out. Atlanta versus everybody. Atlanta versus Philly. Can't wait for game five. We got a game six back here in Atlanta. Great time. Eat some wings. Enjoy the rest of your day. And let's go, Hawks. Sheesh!